Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Childless Not By Choice. Before we get started, I would like to thank my sponsors and my supporters. First, I would like to thank Morgan Air Conditioning, Sales, Service, and Installation, serving Tampa, Florida, and the surrounding areas. Morgan Air can be reached by calling 813-500-7765. That's 813-500-7765. Thank you, Morgan Air, for recognizing the vision of Childless Not By Choice and being a part of it and thank you for all your work in the community. Next, I would like to thank Alba Digital Media for creating my website, www.childlessnotbychoice.net, and for producing this podcast. To contact Alba Digital Media for your web building and podcast production needs, visit www.albadigitalmedia.com. That's www.albadigitalmedia.com. Thank you, Alba Digital Media, for making me look good and sound good. Finally, I would like to thank Devoted, the musical duo who created my theme music. Thank you, Devoted, for your beautiful music and your awesome talent. To contact Devoted for your music needs, email devotedministries at gmail.com. That's devotedministries at gmail.com. And if you would like to become a one-time or ongoing sponsor of Childless Not By Choice, please contact me at Savilla at SavillaMorgan.com. That's Savilla at SavillaMorgan.com. Thank you so much for listening, and now on to the show. Well, hello everyone, Savilla Morgan here. Welcome back to Childless Not By Choice, where my mission is to recognize and speak to the broken hearts of childless, not-by-choice women and men around the world. I am spreading the great news that we can live a joyful, relevant, and fulfilled life, although we could not, did not, have the children we so wanted. Well, as we continue on with uh, this episode, um, I want to thank my Patreon contributors. Patreon contributors are those who have taken an interest in my platform whether they fit the uh, childless, not by choice demographic or not, they have decided to contribute a certain dollar amount on a regular basis to help fund my dream of creating awareness and conversation for the childless, not by choice community globally. And so click the Patreon link below for details and to become a patron. I want to thank my two patrons, the podcaster Sarah Williams of the Tough Girls Podcast and one Jordan Morgan. Thank you guys so much for um, coming along with me for this awesome ride of a lifetime of creating awareness, um, conversing on a subject that most people don't want to talk about. They look the other way and even mitigating the hurt through the uh, the podcast episodes, interviews, and everything else we have going on on the platform. Well, today we have a special guest. Ms. Halona Black is on a mission to help women realize how to fight the battle against fibroids. And as you can see, that's the title of, the, uh, of, of this episode, The War on Fibroids, my interview with Ms. Halona Black. And... Um, 
Halona says that uh, she is not a physician or nurse. She's simply an advocate for women's wellness, and she wants to guide women through making choices regarding their reproductive health through an integrative approach. That means that food and lifestyle are of the utmost importance. And um, she also teaches cooking classes. So we're going to get into that um, as we continue our conversation here. But as many of you may realize, I had planned at the very beginning of this year to uh, highlight proper nutrition, exercise, and um, this is just continuing through. It's happened all through the year, and I'm so excited that one of my last episodes of the year, 2017, is going to be with a woman who, I don't know if she knows this or not, but um, she's going to be in my wheelhouse, fibroids and hysterectomy. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> That's my path. So I'm so excited to be able to talk to her today. So welcome to the podcast, Halona. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful, Sevilla. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. And um, I guess to start off, you know, we hear this term a lot. It's a buzzword, buzz term right now, but I've got to know, what is your why? We hear that term a lot, um, but what put you on the journey to battle fibroids? Wow. Uh, It's been uh, a journey that actually started maybe about five or six years ago now. Um, I had fibroids and, um, you know, for anyone who's ever had fibroids, um, you know, fibroids can get to a point where they can take over your, your complete entire life. Your being. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, the, the fibroids can sort of give you this sort of distended belly sort of, you know, pregnant look. And people are asking Mm -hmm. you if you're pregnant and you're not, um, it can cause a lot of, uh, very heavy menstrual bleeding, um, which, you know, very much takes over your life and, and, and your, your life just sort of becomes consumed by, um, how it is that you can organize your life around the fact that you have fibroids. Um, and so at the same time that my fibroids had, you know, just gotten to a point where I couldn't really deal with them anymore. And I was looking for ways to be able to, uh, just get rid of them. Um, there was a lot of other things going on in my life. I was, I was married to, to another man at the time and our, our relationship, you know, had pretty much come to an end point and, and we, you know, we couldn't live with, with each other without arguing all the time. Um, I was in a very high stress level job working in education um, that I loved my students, but the job in itself was just very, very stressful. I was, you know, working way too many hours and were taking uh, work home on the weekends. Um, I had lost my mom around that time to breast cancer and she was only 49 years old. Oh, wow. Uh, And, you know, and and that was a, a lot of added stress of thinking, you know, at the time I was thinking, you know, she had breast cancer and watching her, uh, watching her, you know, come to the end of her life and, you know, are cancer and fibroids, are they related? You know, and, and no one could really answer that question for me. So that was looming around in my mind. Um, and I, I was also, um, in a, a doctoral program in, in education that I really wasn't happy with. Um, and so, 
I had all of these different stressors in my life going on and I didn't really connect the fact that my lifestyle was just so full of stress and the fact that I had uh, fibroids. All I knew was that I, you know, I just had these foreign things in my uterus and I wanted them to, to just be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what many of us do is we, you know, as, as you should, is that you go to your, your, your gynecologist and you talk to your gynecologist about your, uh, your options for getting rid of the fibroids. And of course they say, well, you know, you can use, um, birth control pills just to sort of help out with the hormones. They don't really give you an explanation as to what the, the birth control pills will actually do. Um, and, and then they said, you know, but eventually you'll probably need some sort of a surgery to either get rid of the fibroids themselves or if, if it's really progressed to a certain level, um, we may have to remove uh, the uterus and, you know, you would get uh, a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and none of that really seemed, you know, and none of it really seemed like a positive, uh, a positive um, plan of action for me. Right. I knew there had to be something else. I didn't really know what at the time. But just, you know, something in my being said that there was something else. And watching my mom with her her breast cancer, um, she actually had battled breast cancer for a long time. It was a, a good 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so over the 10 years, I had seen her do things like change her diet, um, you know, do things like exercise and, and do all sorts of things to be able to help her have a better quality of life, even with the breast cancer. Um, and so my brain was just sort of on that, that path that there, there's gotta be another way to be, to at least be able to manage, uh, the fibroids a bit, a bit better. Um, and so what I did, um, was I decided to start writing about it. Uh, I had always been, uh, an avid writer. I had write, written a lot of stuff, um, related to what I was doing in education and I decided that I, I wanted to do something for myself. And so I started an online blog uh, where I just started writing about stuff that I wanted. What, what do I want in my life? Because I really didn't know. I really felt like all, you know, all of the things that I had worked for in my career, my marriage, um, the fact that we couldn't have any children at the time, uh, all these things were really just sort of weighing really heavy on my spirit. And so I turned to writing as a way to be able to help me uh, just to be able to start to figure out what it is that I wanted. Um, Mm. And within that, I wound up getting a a surgery to get the fibroids removed. Um, So it's called a myomectomy where they actually, uh, it's just a surgery to remove the fibroids themselves and, and your uterus stays intact. Um, and that worked out fine at the time. Um, but six months later, I found out after the surgery that um, the fibroids were growing back. Mm-hmm. And so there were still a lot of things that I didn't do um, as far as uh, changing my lifestyle was concerned. Um, and I didn't want to I, ne- I didn't want to get to another point where my fibroids were going to be taking over my life the way that they did. Uh, several months beforehand. So I started to stick to the writing. I started to explore a lot of the food and lifestyle issues um, that I had started to get into. And that was really how this whole thing started. Um, and that was really my why. It was just really, it, it really was a, a um, 
a personal need to be able to heal myself. And mm-hmm. over time, it became something where other women were attracted to me because I was being so open and honest about what it is that I wanted and the things that they were going through. Because at the time, you couldn't really find a lot of information about fibroids uh, from a personal perspective. Everything was really just a clinical explanation of what fibroids were and how you can get rid of them surgically. Um, there was really no, you know, how is it that I'm dealing with the fact that I have fibroids, how my husband was dealing with the fact that I have fibroids, you know, and, no, and those sorts of issues. So that's really where it all started. So I I, I listened to your story and I, I I hear a lot of similarities. And one thing that just stuck out to me was that we tend we tend to hide what's going on with us. Mm-hmm. And so many times if we could just be, and, and you have to be called to be open. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Put it that way. I guess you kind of have to be called to be open because who wants to really talk about the things that are going on in their life? Such personal things. We consider these things so, so personal and we think we're the only ones going through it. And typically what I've found in my um, three-year journey of uh, creating and building this platform is that every time I'm in a group situation with women, there are at least two women in the group who are childless, not by choice, or suffering from some medical reason that caused them to be childless, not by choice, such as fibroids or PCOS or endometriosis Mm -hmm. or what have you. And, but nobody wants to talk about it. Right. And so just the fact that you decided, you know, you said you felt something in your being said, saying that there has to be another way, there has to be something else, you you got to the point where you had to speak out about it. And so I just applaud you for that, because I know it's not easy. And, yeah, um, so- it, it's, it's not. And I, I, it, I had really done it, not really thinking that, you, you know, how bloggers start things today with this ex- expectation that, you know, they're going to write this big one post that's going to go viral eventually. <laughs> uh, but really it was just, it was just me. It was more of a personal journal is really how it started. You know, I really just wanted to be able to write as a way for me to be able to process what it is that I want, what I want my life to look like and all those sorts of things. And it was really just an added benefit that I started attracting all of these other women literally from around the planet, mm-hmm. you know, who, who were dealing with the same issue and were Googling the same sort of information, but, you know, they couldn't find anything. They were asking me, you know, what questions should I ask when I go to my doctor? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how do I explain this to my husband? My husband's not understanding of the fact that I, I'm unable to get pregnant because of the fibroids. You know, what, what, what does that conversation look like? You know, and all these other questions. You know, so it's, yeah, so really, it really was a calling to be open and honest about it, because I I really didn't expect for people to read it, to be honest with you. Yeah, because like you said, it's personal, it's personal to you. And I guess what I keep telling the women in in my um, Facebook group is a lot of times because we don't share these things, we feel like it's only us. We feel like an island until we find out there are there are 7 billion people on this planet. There is no way it can only be you. And that's right. what I keep telling them, you know. <laughs> There's got to be millions of us if it's 7 billion people on the planet. And so my little group of 238 women are now um, realizing that 
we do need to get together and talk about this and commiserate without grumbling because that's how my platform is set up. It's set up to to um, create understanding and awareness without continuing to be down in the dumps for the rest of your life, feeling that this is it, this is the end. I was not able to have kids, the end. And so um, the, the women are now realizing and they're bringing more in because for so long, my group had 12 people in it <laughs> for so many months, 12 people, and now it just exploded and it's continuing to grow. And it's because women are finding out Another thing that you said, there, were, there was no information back in the day. When I needed help years ago, just a handful of years ago, there was nothing. I couldn't mm-hmm. find any help. And now wherever I look online, there's a bunch of childless, not by choice, um, Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. But I, I just keep my blinders on and keep on going because I feel called to do what I'm doing as well. So another thing that you mentioned is when you are speaking out, especially on on a subject matter like this, you might as well just tell it like it is. There's no need to hide because what's the point in hiding some things? You've got to really just um, get it all out there. I mean, without you have to use common sense as to what you say about your business, but just, you know, being able to let women see that they really are not the only ones suffering and that you quite understand what they're going through. So I just really yeah. applaud you for that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, it's. I think it's important for people to be honest about what it is that they that they are are going through, and you know, even if it's not, even if it wasn't an issue about fibroids or or or, or being childless, uh, not by choice. Um, just the things that go on with women's bodies, in just in in itself, in and of itself. You know, when when you know when you're reaching puberty as a as a teenager. You know we're not we're not um, encouraged to be able to sit down and talk about what that honestly looked like mm-hmm. and how it's different for different people, or even to sit down and have that sort of conversation with your mom if you were lucky to have your mom uh, around at that time. Um, you know, and so it's it's really ingrained in many of our cultures to not for women to not talk about what's going on with us, how it is that we feel. Um, and, and, and how it is that we're dealing with day-to-day life. We're just expected to just sort of put our head down and just sort of deal with it in our own little quiet way. And to just get it by osmosis, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're just supposed to, um, it's just supposed to happen in our brains that we understand what to do next at 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Um, kind of turning the conversation a little bit. Um, you mentioned that herbal re- remedies are wonderful and um, do you create remedies? And tell us more about the herbal remedies. Yeah, um, I do not. I'm not an herbalist, and I don't create uh, things on my own. Um, but I do have some things that I keep uh, for myself um, that I buy from other companies. Um, so one of the things that have helped me a lot is an, an herb called um, Vitex. That's V I T E X. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, it's an herb that comes from, I believe it's called chased berry. Mm. Um, and basically what it does is it helps to eliminate some of the excess estrogen in your body for, you know, for people who have fibroids. Uh, part of the reason that many of us have fibroids is, is because there's an 
an excess of estrogen in the body. Um, and so the Vitex will help you to um, lower the estrogen and increase the progesterone in, in the body. And it, you know, the, the explanation of how hormones work can get very, very, uh, complicated. <laughs> and mm-hmm. because of the fact that I'm not a, a physician, I would rather, uh, just sort of keep the, the explanation at that point. And if mm-hmm. you have other questions, you can go to an herbalist to be able to ask, um, you know, how, how, how it works and whether or not it would be good for you. Um, but I do use Vitex, um, and then I've used other things like, um, liver, liver cleansers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I use liver cleansers is because estrogen is metabolized within the liver. Mm-hmm. And so within the liver, um, if you can get your, your liver to work better, that means that it will be it better be able to met- metabolize the estrogen. However, at the same time, when you are cleaning out your liver, the mistake that a lot of people make is that their colon is also clogged. And so whatever waste comes from the liver goes to the colon. But if your colon is clogged, that means that all that excess estrogen is just going to be uh, reabsorbed into your body, which, you know, of course, is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you want to do as I, as far as, an, as a, a place to, to be able to start, if you're not really ready for the herbal thing yet is to be able to, um, increase the amount of fruits and vegetables that you eat, which mm-hmm. will help you to unclog your colon. Cause everybody, everybody I know has a clog colon. I mean, everybody's constipated. Yeah, <laughs> everybody. yeah. It's the American <laughs> yeah. way. <laughs> it, it is because of, of, of how our food and our, our lifestyles are set up, mm-hmm. um, you know, but every you don't have to. And I'm not advocating that everyone become uh, a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think that everyone could uh, benefit from adding more fruits and vegetables into their daily diet. I um, and that will help to get rid of some of the constipation, which will help your liver in turn to be able to work um, more efficiently. I completely agree. And as we sit here, I I just had breakfast and I still have some um, papaya here mm-hmm. that I'm so looking forward to because I, I picked a sweet one. So it's like it's like <laughs> dessert. Seriously, it's that sweet. But um, but papaya has, you know, all of these different fruits and vegetables have mm-hmm. There are reasons for them existing on the planet. They're they're here for a reason, but um, the Western culture is just not good at sticking to that number of fruits and vegetables on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And um, I I just thought about this. I I've been to Belize. Like I'm from. I was born in the Caribbean, so you know mm-hmm. Caribbean people love their ground provisions and vegetables Absolutely. and all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> and fish and all that stuff. But um. I, I'll, I'll never remember the first time I went to Belize, which for um, the listeners who are, who are not aware, um, Belize is in Central America. And w- on one of my first visits, instead of selling here in America, there's the corner store. I don't know if you remember as a kid going to the corner store and buying candy on the way to school or on the way home from school, candy and chips. Um, yes. But I did <laughs> growing up in Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. So there was always a corner store, so we were always buying junk food on the way home. And anyway, what I noticed when I went to Belize was they were selling fruit 
on the corner. Like wow. little bag of fruits. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is this? The kids were buying the fruit on the the way home from school. I was like, this is amazing. I've never seen this before. There, I mean, some shops had chips and, and all of that, mm-hmm. but a lot of the kids were buying little bags of the fruit that the vendor had cut up and put in plastic baggies and they'd sell it for a dollar or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these kids were just buying fruit on the way home. It was amazing to me. I was just like, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, that is a big wow. That and that really that that makes that makes my whole heart smile. If you could actually if you could actually see, you know, my <laughs> face right now. It really yeah. does. It makes my heart smile to to be able to see that you know, at least in the United States, for mm-hmm. many of us, we get told that the things that we eat, our our natural way of eating um, actually is not healthy. And, and, and really, that's not true, because many of us come from other places where all of these fruits and vegetables are available mm-hmm. in, in plenty. Uh, they're available in, in abundance. Um, and so it, the 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 difficulty comes when you come to to the United States and, you know, you have to work with within seasons. And then of course it depends on where you live in in the United States um, and, and your, your access to getting all sorts of uh, fresh fruits and vegetables uh, Mm -hmm. can be limited depending on where you you are. Um, And so you grow up with this sort of warped sense of what it is that you're supposed to eat and what it is that you're not supposed to eat. Um, and so, yeah, so eating all those fresh fruits and vegetables, um, you know, from, from, you know, the ladies who live in the community, um, and have it lovingly prepared and put in a nice little plastic baggie for you to be able to buy and and eat on your way to school or on your way home from school. You know, that's the way to be able to do it. That's how you teach your children to be able to have, um, better eating habits. So hopefully they don't grow up and have all of these, um, uh, health issues like fibroids and, and PCOS and endometriosis and all these other things. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. And, um, and I know that my repeat listeners know that unfortunately for me, um, I had three myomectomies over the mm. course of 10 years before finally having a hysterectomy in 2011. So I know all about that journey. And that kind of leads me to the next question. And uh, basically, a few years ago, after my hysterectomy, I went to a natural medicine doctor for an issue other than the hysterectomy issues. I don't remember what it was. It may have been my I had migraines a lot from the time I was 11 until just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, after a few visits, I stopped going because she kept telling me almost every visit that I would you know, make to her store or her shop or, you know, her business, she would tell me that um, if I had come to see her first, I never would have had a hysterectomy. And after hearing that so many times, I just felt like garbage, you know, I was just like, you know, I I don't think I want to keep hearing that because you can't undo a hysterectomy. And so I just stopped going to her. So the reason I'm bringing that up is that you say that living a happy life is important, of course. It's Mm -hmm. also important for women to know that even if they have lost their womb due to fibroids or other issues, it is still important for them to take care of their reproductive health, or health, I should say, unquote. So how exactly does a woman take care of her reproductive health if she no longer has a womb? 
Well, uh, estrogen can be still be an issue whether you have a womb or not. Okay. Um, because many, there are many other types of cancers like, uh, breast cancer, um, that are fed from estrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's still very much in, uh, important for you to be able to still pay attention to what it is that you're eating. Um, if you notice, you know, before your cycle, if you're still getting, um, very sore breasts, um, then uh, that often is an indication that you have uh, some excess estrogen um, still running in your system. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I don't want for women uh, who no longer have a womb to, to think that, you know, I, you know it, it's something that I don't have to worry about anymore. Um, when in fact, there, you, you should, you should still uh, be concerned about your, your personal, your reproductive health. Um, because you know your womb is only one part of of your of your reproductive uh, your reproductive system, um, you know. So it, it's it's still very much important for you to be able to pay attention to what it is that you're eating. Uh, are you happy with the the sort this sort of job that you you're doing? You know, a lot of people are absolutely miserable with the job that they're doing, and and you're spending forty, fifty, sixty hours a week doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, are you happy with your 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 personal relationships, whether it's your your spouse, uh, the person that you're dating, um, or if you're just a single person and then you're still trying to figure out, you know, is, is there a person out there for you? Um, you know, are are you are you living the life that you want to be able to live, or are you living someone else's mm. uh, living someone else's dream? All of wow. these things are really really important to you. Um, having a help, a happy and healthy life. Mm-hmm. That's heavy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you know, another thing I, I say continually is that life is short. It is so short. And, um, and as you mentioned, your mom was only 49 and, you know, my deepest condolences on your loss because, um, I know that's a loss that you never, you know, you never quite get over, but you just manage. And so I really, want to extend my deepest condolences and you know at 49 you know that's young you it know is. It's very young. yeah and I'm 40 years old now and you know it she was she was diagnosed when she was 39 oh. you know and so it's always in the back of my mind mm-hmm. um you know could I be like her could I be like her and you know and for for several years up to my 39th birthday it just it weighed very heavy on my spirit mm. You know, to say, you know, I, I can't be like my mom. I don't I don't want to I don't want to li- live, you know, and, and, and die in such a such a traumatic uh, way at such an early age. And it, it, it it's only been very recent within probably the last year that I've decided that, that it's time to let that go and just feel like um, I'm doing all that I can already to be able to be as healthy as possible. And I just need to be able to continue that and I can create my own legacy. I do not have to, uh, uh, come to the, to come to the same fate that my, that my mother did. We're two separate people. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's been, it's been, um, uh, a ride <laughs> for me to be able to come to that conclusion, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that I'm finally able to say that. Yeah, that's an an awesome realization and conclusion to come to. And, um, you know, I I think, too, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think too that when you suffer a loss like that, whenever something traumatic happens in our lives, we have a choice of just going the the negative way, which it's it's normal. It's normal to at least be in that place for a time, or we can make the decision to push on and um, live a life that honors that person. So you're living a life that honors your mom by living mm-hmm. the best life that you possibly can. So, you know, that's to Absolutely. be admired. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to be able to say that too. Mm-hmm. When you live your life, you honor the people who, who come before you. Exactly. So, um, so some of the women in my group have had hysterectomies, including mm-hmm. myself. And so I wonder, do you have any examples where someone was helped post hysterectomy? Um, that's gone through your programs, which we'll discuss a little bit more in just a minute. Uh, how they've been helped. Right. Uh, well, I think that it's important to be able to realize that just because you no longer, you no longer have a wound that d- d- doesn't mean that, you know, all the other areas of your life may, uh, may still need uh, tending to. Mm-hmm. So just like, like I was talking about um, women and, and realizing whether or not um, they like their job. Are you in, are you in, the, in a space where um, you are, you're feeling appreciated at your job? Do you feel creative? Um, do you, um, are you getting up in the morning and, and you cry on your way to work? Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would wake up and, and my prayer every morning was, I hope that there's a, a, uh, a pink slip on my desk when I get in there so I don't have to deal with, uh, with any of the stress of, of, of the job anymore, you know, and, and, you know, that's really a sad existence when you get to that point and you're praying for, you know, a pink slip on your desk. Been there, done um, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so to, I, what I think a lot of what, what women will get out of working with me, whether they still have their womb or not, mm-hmm. Um, is the fact that I th- I think that women still need answers as to why it is that they've lost their womb and they want to be able to go to a place where they feel comfortable um, with talking to someone um, who can uh, who who can sympathize with what it is that they're going through uh, because just like you said that you had spoken to the the doctor who kept you know making comments about, you know, well, if you had done this, you know, Mm -hmm. you you probably would have never lost your womb in the first place, which is really rather insensitive to have Mm -hmm. to keep saying that over and over again. Um, And so I think for a lot of women, they need some sort of of closure to be able to understand um, how and why they had gotten to a point where they had lost their womb. And in a lot of most cases, it really isn't. It's not your fault. Yeah. Um, and I, I think women need to be in a space where they can get that sort of understanding, um, but also be able to connect all of those other spaces in their lives where they're unhappy or feel or are feeling unfulfilled um, and want to be able to get to a point of feeling fulfilled again, um, you know, whether you've been able to have children or not. Uh, I think that's that's super important. It is. And, and that's part of the byline on the platform here is to, to continue, although you didn't get to have the children, to live a relevant, fulfilled and joyful life anyway. Mm-hmm. 
And so I, I totally agree with that. And um, that kind of leads into my next question is, tell us more about your 10-day detox. Tell us about the book. And um, sure. I saw it on Amazon, as I mentioned before the interview, but if, if it's any place else, tell us about that as well, please. Yeah, well, when I started my blog, um, I had written a lot about the things that I was learning about food and health and wellness and how to just take care of yourself in general. And, um, you know, over time I had developed this sort of, um, uh, I guess this sort of, um, a protocol, if you will, of things that I had done for myself to be able to keep myself healthy. I would notice that, you know, if I ate certain things, um, it would make my cycle a lot heavier in one month. And then when I would sort of detox my way out of that, my cycle would become lighter. Um, I noticed that when I was in a particular period of really hardcore stress, whether it was home stress or work stress, um, it would also affect my cycle and, and, and in turn the size of the fibroids. Mm. Um, and so over time, women started asking me, you know, can you put this into some sort of a book or a product or a class or, you know, something um, that would help us to be able to figure out what it is that you're doing? Because there really just there was nothing out there for people. Mm. Um, and so I put a challenge out to myself to be able to create um, a book, an ebook. Um, within the, the course of a month. And, and it was really just taking some of the, the best parts of the blog and, and the things that were working for me into putting it into one space. And so the detox uh, ebook is really about some of the basics of healthy eating. Um, and not necessarily, again, not necessarily advocating that everyone become an instant vegetarian overnight because I, you know, people are in different spaces with, um, with their eating habits. Um, but I just wanted people to be aware on how their food choices actually affected their fibroid growth. Um, along with all of the other areas of, uh, of, of their personal well-being. So again, are you happy in your career? Are you exercising? Do you have some sort of a spiritual, uh, spiritual life? Um, you know, are, are you doing things that are creative? You know, all of those things are things that I ask you to consider over a course of 10 days. Mm -hmm. And so I, the first part is really just the basics of, of, um, uh, healthy eating. And then I go into the journal, 10 days of journal questions where you're just sort of reflecting on what are the things that you are doing on a day-to-day -day basis that's affecting your fibroid growth. And then I have a whole menu plan that I started to create um, towards the back where they're all um, recipes that I created. Um, and some of them are inspired from, uh, from my interest in, in, other, in other cultures um, and really just uh, helping women to be able to figure out, you know, how do I start? What is it that I can do with myself? Uh, before I go to the doctor or anything else, what are the things that I can do myself to be able to help to get myself on uh, some sort of a road to recovery? Because when you go to your doctor, many of them will say, if you're not really at a point where you really need a, a surgery, they'll just do the, the sit and wait method, mm -hmm. which, you know, is really not helpful. 
because you're just sitting and waiting for a surgery to happen, but you're not really being proactive about learning about, you know, what can I eat or what can I change in my lifestyle to be able to um, hopefully lessen the chance that you'll, you'll even need a surgery in, in the first place. Um, because, you know, a lot of doctors are not just not trained in, in that sort of a way. Um, they don't learn about health and nutrition. Um, they're, they're, what they're really trained on is, is, is how to be able to get you to, uh, take some sort of pharmaceutical drugs mm -hmm. or get you into a surgery. That's just how the medical system works in the United States of America. Um, and so, you know, the book is really just a, a, a starting point, a jump start, really, for women to be able to learn um, what they need to be able to eat, what are the things that they're currently doing um, that might be contributing to their fibroid growth, and then giving them some examples of what they can do in their own kitchen to be able to help them to eat better. And, you know, the, the, the fact is, we, we, as you said, because doctors, medical doctors are trained to do surgery and give um, medications, man-made medications. Um, we, the public, women who are going through these things, we, we just, like, I think back to myself again. My doctor, which I, I loved my, my, my surgeon, I, I appreciated him waiting with me because that's what he mm -hmm. did. And he was a second opinion doctor, which is another thing I talk about a lot, um, you know, no, have a list of questions when you go to your doctor. Uh, if you're not feeling a good vibe from the doctor, change doctors or get at least get a second opinion. And so on that level, I've said, get involved with yourself. And now on another level, I didn't know that I could have been proactive or even maybe how to be proactive because mm -hmm. I didn't know that diet had anything to do with it. I didn't do the research. And I'm a researcher, but I didn't think to do the research. And so, again, I really just love the fact that your platform exists, because now we can get the word out that you can be proactive when you have fibroids and do the research and check on what you're eating and not eating and not rely on the doctor for everything mm -hmm. because they don't know they don't most doctors mean well but they just don't know they weren't trained that way so um this is really awesome i really love this and so your book it's an ebook it's on amazon is it any place else um is it a physical uh, it's book? on amazon at the moment okay. i also have a, a printed workbook mm -hmm. um you know and, and people can contact me if they're interested in getting in the actual printed workbook that way you know you'll have a space where you can actually sit down and write um within the book mm -hmm. um you know in that way it works as a as a journal a lot better in the printed form than it does in the ebook and you know i meant to say this earlier um because you mentioned this much earlier but writing Another thing I talk about a lot, and I invite the women in my group to be guest bloggers, I really believe that writing is cathartic and it helps in the healing process um, for those who who are just not going to have the children or the child. And how do you deal with it? How do you get it out of your system? And I think mm -hmm. that's by putting it on paper. So I invite all the women in the group to become guest bloggers when they're ready. And right now in November, actually, we're doing 30 days of gratitude. And I know some people may listen and think, wow, it's tough not to be able to have the child and you still want to have gratitude. You want to be 
thankful about it. But I think, again, gratitude is another way of dealing with pain. There's got to be something we're thankful mm-hmm. for. And so it's just another reason to write. So I'm getting them to really just write as much as they can on the platform. So I agree with you, as you said, you were blogging that it, it's, it has had to have helped you at least on some level to get the words on paper and then to have the workbook. It's, you know, it's a way for people to see what they're writing and actually get it on a piece of paper and, and have it in black and white. So I think that's awesome. So Yeah. It really, it increases a woman's sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so many things out there that tell us that if if you must do X, Y, and Z as a woman, um, otherwise, you know, you're you're you'll be considered less than a woman, right. and that's really unfair. You know, you're the only person who really gets to decide, you know, who you are as a woman, how how it is that you want to be able to show up in the world as a woman, and even though you know, having children may have been a part of that. Um, if for whatever reason it, it just just hasn't happened for you yet or you know that you've had a hysterectomy and you know that this is just not going to happen for you in the way that you may have wanted it to happen mm-hmm. um you know you can you can still have a, a very beautiful and and, and, and full and, and meaningful life it's, it's just you have to be able to find a way to be able to do that on your own and I, I find writing to be one of uh, one of the really great ways for you to be able to find your self-worth again. I totally agree. Well, as we wrap things up, um, I just want to let everybody know that um, Halona's contact information is in the show notes, the, um, the web address and the um, ebook is on Amazon. Um, it's called Loving My Fibroids Away, a 10-day detox plan, Kindle edition, and it's quite affordable. So I would say if you are one of the women or you know someone who uh, is suffering or on the, the fibroids path, then I would say definitely check it out and um, check out the, the course on the website as well. I think that'll help with your conversations with your doctors and um, with taking ownership and control as much as you can as to what's going on with you with the fibroids. And so, um, is there anything else, I, anything I missed before we wrap it up here? Anything I should have discussed or asked you about? Um, no, I mean, if, if women are interested, if they're interested in a printed workbook, I still have a few copies of that available. Okay. Um, if they are interested in that, the cost for that is uh, $37. It also comes with a, a copy of a, a telesummit that I did on um, interviewing various women uh, within natural health and and wellness. So if they want a copy of that, they can email me at hello, H-E-L-L-O, at garlicandlemonsmagmag.com. I'm typing that into the show notes right now. Hello at garlicandlemonsmag. And what was the rest? Dot com. Dot com, okay. So hello at garlicandlemonsmag.com for the... Um, physical workbook mm-hmm. and it's $37. Okay. Let me put that in there. Okay. And so, um, hello, I want to just thank you so much for your time on this Saturday morning. You could so easily have been sleeping in because <laughs> <laughs> we're all so busy. And so I really just appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, you know, I just 
Wow. I, I just wish I'd known about this before, but I don't think I should beat myself up and I don't think anyone else should either. We, we, we know what we needed to know at the time and everything happens for a reason. And I'm just glad that you're in the space and that you will be able to help women going forward. So I just want to really thank you for your time today. And, um, everybody just thanks for, for tuning in and listening in. And please, if you have any questions for Halona, just please feel free to contact her. And uh, of course, my information is in the show notes as well, my contact information. Thank you so very much for listening in today. And until next time, have a great one. Bye.